Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to Pirates Talk. The Big East men's tournament is underway at Madison Square Garden. And a little later in the show, Jerry Carino of the Asbury Park Press and the Gannett newspaper chain and a voting member of the Associated Press Top 25 basketball poll will stop by to dissect the tournament and assess Seton Hall's chances and the Pirates' hope for an NCAA tournament bid. It was a disappointing end to the regular season for the Hall, to say the least, after seemingly riding the ship with four straight wins to move to 13-8 overall, the Pirates dropped their final four games to finish just one game above 500 and in fifth place in the Big East Conference. On Thursday, they opened tournament play with an afternoon game against St. John's, the team they played Saturday, against whom they took an 18-0 lead, but to whom they lost 81-71. That's a whopping 28-point turnaround. But the Pirates' fate is in the team's hands. Head coach Kevin Willard was asked about trying to turn things around after the big stumble at the end. You know, we, we had done a pretty good job um, really up until these last four. And, um, you know, we just gotten into, you know, some bad habits. You know, our free throw shooting was really good most of the year. We started, we missed a couple big one-on-ones um, in both the first two losses. Uh, and we just had some, some bad turnovers. And I think, you know, it's just, it's been a combination of, I think, a lot of pressure trying to get to that, get to the NCAA tournament and just playing some teams, you know, Butler's playing great. It was playing great at home. They beat Villanova the next night. Georgetown coming off their layoff was playing really good basketball. Um, and I think UConn's playing as good as anybody in the league. So, and, you know, playing at St. John's is not easy. So we, I think we've had four tough games. And I, I told my kids, I've been really proud of the way they've battled. Um, you know, it hasn't been easy. It's been a little bit disappointing, but we're still in a good position. And we still control our own fate, which is really important this time of year. Well, we shall see what we shall see. We'll get Jerry Carino's take in just a moment. First, though, congratulations to Ike Obiagu and Sandro Mamukalashvili. Obiagu was named the Big East Men's Basketball Scholar Athlete of the Year. He will graduate in May with an accounting degree and a GPA of over 3.7. He is the sixth player in Seton Hall history to receive the Scholar Athlete Award. As for Mamu Kalashvili, he was named one of three players to share the conference's Player of the Year Award, joining Villanova's Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Colin Gillespie. It's the first time in conference history that three players shared the award. Mamukalashvili, a native of the Republic of Georgia, is the fourth Pirate to win the award and the second in as many seasons. Miles Powell was the winner last year, with Terry DeHare in 1983 and Danny Calandrillo in 1982 also being honored. I thought Mamukalashvili's acceptance speech was brilliant. It's a bit long, but I think you'll enjoy his words as he comments on the road he's traveled, the love he has for the Hall and his teammates, and what lies ahead. First of all, I want to congratulate Colin and Jeremiah on their award, as well as the other award winners around the league. Colin and Jeremiah are an amazing competitors against who I appreciate playing, as they challenged me and my teammates uh, in many ways and simply made us better every time, so congrats. Uh, I also want to congratulate my teammate, Aiki Obiago, for winning Squad Athlete of the Year. That's a tremendous honor and well-deserved. Aiki's a star in the classroom, and I'm so happy that he has been recognized I also want to appreciate um, Big East and NCAA efforts to help us have this season. I know it must not have been easy for them, but all of us are grateful to have a, a chance to compete and have opportunity to play and showcase our talents. I have been in the league for four years, and now it has been a memorable journey. 
Uh, through ups and downs, such as wins and heartbreaks, my time at Senior Hall has been stamped with support. I have made best friends, found lifetime mentors, connected with fans, and have felt love uh, all around me. We play uh, team sport, but the team spirit sometimes is even more important off the court. Unity is what gets us going to start, um, starts way beyond the locker room. Without the constant support from my teammates, coaches, fans, friends, and family, I could not have achieved any of this. It is a product of energy and moral boost that we receive every day. I want to thank coaches and the Big East for this award. It means so much to me. And once again, thank you to my teammates. Thank you to Coach Willard, who took me under his wing and was there for me not only when I needed him the most, but when I needed him the least as well. His presence was always felt. So was Coach Bill Myers, who recruited me and paved this road for me. Thank you to the rest of the staff, Coach Skane, Coach Forty, Smythe, Kevin, B. Hall, Chuck. Thank you to Tone Testa, Jason, Amanda, our managers, Tom, and our media creators, and everyone else involved in our growth and formation as adults. Thank you to our fans, friends, and to my family uh, as well, especially my parents, who trusted me since I was 14 and let me go to, my, to have my own journey. I know it must have been uh, difficult for them to have a child so far away as, at a young age, but their strength was unmeasurable. Thank you to my aunts, who essentially raised me as well, and to my older brother, whose advice and wise words were always uh, resonant with me. He's my mentor and my idol to who I look up to every day. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, uh, but I will forever be grateful to all around me. This trophy is as much mine as my team's. I look forward to seeing where my life takes me, and I will commit to use, using my platform to the fullest extent by being an exemplary alum of Senior Hall and Senior Hall University and Big East Conference. Most importantly, I want to spread kindness and be better every day. Steps for fulfillment are infinite, and I truly hope to continue walking them one by one. So thank you, everyone. The eloquent words of Sandro Mamukalashvili, a proud pirate and someone who has represented the hall well. Now, on to the tournament. At this point, I'm pleased to welcome my good friend Jerry Carino of the Asbury Park Press to Pirates Talk. Jerry, I know this is an extraordinarily busy time for you from a lot of standpoints, professionally and personally, and I do appreciate that you've been able to carve out just a few minutes for me. Thanks so much for coming on the show. As always, I, I do appreciate your friendship and your support. Well, of course, and Matt, this is the time of year to talk basketball, right? I mean, we, you know, I'm into this all year round, but March is the month for, for the average fan to look up and say, hey, it's college hoops time, so let's do it. Exactly. And I know that there are people who are listening to the show. They certainly know about your coverage, but they may think of you only in terms of covering Seton Hall because maybe they don't realize that you're also throwing in your opinion, your thoughts, and you're watching Rutgers and you're following the Mac and you're just involved in college hoops everywhere. So this is really where everything kind of comes to a head for you and for the college basketball fans. So it's exhilarating on the one hand, but it's awfully busy on the other, right? Yeah, I mean, you got three three conference championships this week for, for me to monitor. You know, we have we have the Big East tournament, of course, and then the Big Ten tournament, which is you know the best conference in the country this year, where Rutgers is being good. And then you have the MAC tournament, where there's as we speak, there's three Jersey teams left alive in it, and you could well get a Mom and St. Peter's semifinal. So and with Shaheen Holloway, who's a notable guy for Seton Hall fans. So there is there is a ton to sink your teeth into this week for sure. Yeah, there is. And then, of course, uh, the march to a championship begins with Selection Sunday. I mean, the marches are already underway, but then we get Selection Sunday and then we see where 
teams are sent and who they match up with. And then it's a quick race to a national championship. So before I just get into the Big East, and and as we're recording this, the Big East actually has kicked off its first game. Uh, but I'm going to focus on Seton Hall with you for the most part. And they don't play until Thursday afternoon at three. But before we get to the tournament, tell me your opinion as to what this Seton Hall team is all about. I thought they had turned things around with those wins. They had put the bad stuff behind them, but then they end the season with four straight Mm -hmm. losses. And I I just see a team that sometimes I wonder, do they like each other? There just seems to be something wrong. You're a lot closer to it. What do you say? What do you say? No, no, I I don't, I think they like each other. Yeah. I don't think that's it. I mean, when this team, when the team hit the skids in 2015, the last time they ended a season like this, there was a lot of infighting. You know, it was well publicized, well known that people weren't getting along. I don't believe that's the case here. Uh, these guys do like each other, especially the 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 core upperclassmen who've been together for a long time. So no, that's not it. It it, it seems it seems to me that they just they just lack confidence. They just fragile have fragile confidence, and you know some teams are like this when the ball isn't going in the basket. Uh, it it sort of disrupts the team's confidence, and they go into the tank. So. They've, they've built these leads in the last few games. You know, they were up they were up 18-0 against St. John's, as everybody knows. They were up nine against UConn. You know, they were they were beating Butler by uh, 10, 10 or 8. And they were winning these games at the half or right there at the half. And then the other team makes a run, and the Pirates just disappeared. So it's not used to what we're seeing from this group over the years, from Kevin Willard's teams. So there is, there is a fragility there. Uh, but the good news is that the, the Big East tournament gives you a chance to reset that in a setting where this, the Pirates have had you know, these players, these upperclassmen, have had success in the past. And so it'll be interesting to see, given, given another crack you know, at St. John's and still alive on the, on, the, on the NCAA tournament bubble mat, incredibly, can these guys finally get their head in the right place and put it together for a run? They really, it's really, they really don't have to do that much to get back in the NCAA tournament picture. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was talking to some friends the other day and I was saying, as crazy as it is, there's no reason why they can't beat St. John's despite what happened on Saturday. Certainly it should be motivating, uh, but also they've had success against St. John's. And then as the tournament progresses, well, they may face a banged up Villanova and they've had success against them generally over the years. And who knows, maybe I'm just paving a yellow brick road to to success for Seton Hall that just won't happen. And maybe the, the rug will be put pulled out from underneath them. But it's really weird. You can see something good happening out of what has been a, a bad ending to the season. I don't know if you see it the same way. Well, look at, I mean, look, they have the same personnel that, that you know, won at UConn, mm-hmm. that won at Providence, that won at Penn State, that you know won at Marquette, that that beat beat uh, St. John's and Georgetown relatively handily the first time around. That was in you know was was a was a bad call away from going to overtime with Villanova. That had Creighton on the ropes for 37 minutes. So this this the the per- talent's there. It's just it's just can these guys gain a little confidence and. Here's, here's what you have going on right now. If you watch the Mac all season, and I'm going to bring the analogy in here, you'll understand in a second. If you watch the Mac, the Mac has played, they've played teams back to, on back-to-back games, back-to-back nights, all season. So you play the same team two times in a row. Almost all of those back-to-backs wound up being split. 
it is so hard to beat a team two times in a row. Now, Seton Hall and St. John's are not playing in back-to-back days, but they're playing in back-to-back games with only a couple days in between. Even look at Michigan, Michigan State last week, right? They played two games back-to-back in like five days, and they split. Even though Michigan's a lot better, they split. So that's why the odds, if you look at the odds makers, the odds makers have, are, are stalling Seton Hall as a favorite in this game. Despite what happened against St. John's Saturday, despite the, the different directions they seem to be heading in, despite the seeds in, the, in this bracket, the Seton Hall's installed as a favorite. They also have lower odds to win the tournament because it is so hard to pull off that back-to-back. So in a way, playing a St. John's team that just thumped them you know, could work to their benefit. Now, who knows? We'll see when they take the court. But when you look at it, yeah, there's, there's every, every chance you could, they could wind up being split, which means they win. And then you look at Villanova, you know, which is the number one seed, they're down to their third string point guard. Now, the point guard in college basketball is like the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And and Colin Gillespie is so valuable. I mean, he, to me, he is he is as valuable a player to his team as there is in the country. So not only do you have his backup, you're going to have a third string guy running that team. That's not going to be the same team. They might not even beat Georgetown. I just watched Georgetown clean up against Marquette. Georgetown's going to now get, get Villanova at noon Thursday, and Villanova might not win that game. So it's really the draw just is, is perfect in that upper half of the bracket for a sleeper to come out of there. Seton Hall has life if they can just get their head on straight. The talent is there. The draw is there. And so, yeah, if they win two games, Matt, they're going to start appearing in brackets again in bracketology. And then, of course, they'll be in a Big East final and a chance to put it all to rest with uh, the auto bid. But I feel like if this team can win one game, if a team that lacks confidence can win one game, it might turn the mindset. And for sure, the talent is there. See, Jerry, I love talking to you for so many reasons. And the the best reason for speaking with you right now is that you've lifted my spirits because, <laughs> uh, because even though I kind of directed a path in conversation with friends that it could happen, I just didn't say it with as much conviction as you now have me uh, have given me uh because yeah, I just I just didn't like what I saw that and maybe it's just the confidence factor that I just didn't like so much that that went on the last four games. Well, and when you lose an eighteen nothing lead and then you know and then you lose by ten, I mean it really you wonder what the heck's going on. the The other thing is, let's look at St. John's and I do think St. John's will have will have a lot to say with the outcome of this game because they are and they are better than Seton Hall right now. I mean I I would pick St. John's I would put my money on St. John's but they are better but. St. John's is a young team, you know, coming off that win. And will they be in the right minds, hungry mindset? Also, St. John's hasn't played a game in Madison Square Garden all year. For some of these players, it's going to be the first time they've ever played there. And St. John's has shot the ball tremendously well in that little gym in Queens. Now they're going into this, you know, into this big arena. So it could change things. And if they're not hitting their shots, it's, it's a different team. So like with most basketball teams, but so, I do think there is, it is a decent matchup for Seton Hall in a lot of ways. Um, there's, I mean, there's the first thing that they have to do, Seton Hall, the number one thing they got to do is defend. They have to defend better, okay? Because they're going to score against St. John's. That's what St. John's gives up a lot of points. They play in the up and down style. Seton Hall has to defend better. And the second thing they got to do, I think, is they got to get something out of Bryce Aiken. So, Aiken is this mystery guy, right, Matt? Yep. He comes in with this high billing from, from Harvard, and we all said with Bryce Aiken, when he committed as a postgrad, with Bryce Aiken, they're an NCAA tournament team. Well, they haven't had, really had Bryce Aiken. 
He's played in fewer than half the games. The games he has played in, you know, he's had a marginal role because his knee and ankle are messed up. So they're not going to get 30 minutes a game out of the guy. Can they get 15 to 20 minutes where he scores, you know, 8 to 12 points, hands out a couple assists, and holds the fort so Reynolds can get some rest? And if he can do those things, then I think they could beat any team in this bracket. Now, will he do that? We don't know, but he has a chance, and he, he is feeling better. So we'll see. But that is the X factor in this next game or two for them, for sure. They have a different look when there's a healthy Bryce Aiken on the floor. Why the lack of confidence, Jerry, for a team that's got so much experience? What can you put your finger on as to why they get deflated then? So because of where they were in the past, the team had, you know, these guys were, were Robin to the bat, the, the Batman of, of Miles Powell and, uh, and Quincy McKnight. Miles Powell and Quincy McKnight were alpha dogs. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that. They were alpha dogs and they were in charge. And, you know, basically they just needed role players. Even though these guys have talent, there's like an attitude vacuum because those other guys left and you don't really change who you are, right? So the reason why, the reason why last year's team was so good is because you had alpha dogs and then you had, you had the Robins to the Batman who, were, who knew their role and just did their role. Now those, the alpha dogs are gone and the, no one just stepped naturally into that role. So I think there is a, a moxie vacuum, so to speak, with these guys. And I don't know that it's, you can't just turn a switch and have it happen. Uh, so to me, they're going to just have to hit their shots play disciplined ball and, you know, really just when, when a team is making your run, you're going to have to score the ball back. That's what they did at UConn. UConn, they had an 18 point lead. UConn cut it to three and then they responded. So they do have it in them, but you don't have that. You just don't have that alpha leader, even though you have a terrific player and Sandro Mamukos, really, you don't have that Powell or McKnight type of guy who's going to run through the brick wall. And I think, I do think, that's probably what's missing in these games when these other teams make these runs. Yeah, good point by you. I remember speaking with Kevin Willard earlier in the year, and you're right, you used the term alpha dog. And, you know, those were leaders. Those were guys who weren't afraid to take the last shot. And Miles Powell was brilliant at it for a couple of years. And then it's easy to say, I can be that guy, right? But then you, when you have to be that guy, sometimes the reality and the hopes don't all come together. So maybe that's part right. of it too. Well, they've got some time to turn it around, but it's quick because you can't slip. They've got to go far in this tournament to keep their NCAA right. tournament hopes alive. So let's see what happens when they take on St. John's. In a broader global picture of the Big East, this can be as exciting a tournament. It's a shame that fans won't be there because even though Villanova with the injuries has been knocked down a little bit, even though... It's not as top-heavy with as many teams as it has in at times in the past. You've got a UConn team on the come. Creighton can beat anyone, and no one's talking about them right now. Nova. Then you've got St. John's has got some life to them, clearly. You mentioned the Georgetown victory. Seton Hall's got the talent. This is as balanced. It might not be as cream of the crop as some past tournaments, but this is as balanced as it's been in a long time. This is going to be an exciting tournament. Let me start by saying I think the Big East is better than people around the country give it credit for. What's dragging down, Matt, what's dragging down the Big East, their, their computer ratings, is that a bunch of these teams didn't play out of conference games mm -hmm. because they had COVID issues. They had COVID issues. So like Butler, Georgetown, DePaul, you know, and Villanova 
four of the 11 teams barely played out of conference games. Out of conference games are where you move the needle computer wise, because that's where you ma- they see how you match up, like the metrics and the, you know, the, uh, the people who do the analytics. That's where they, 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 that's where the algorithm sees how you match up against other leagues. So absent, absent those games, the Big East really took, I think, an algorithm hit. So I do think they're better than giving credit for. Also, this is compelling. This is compelling storylines going on. I mean, you have you have three teams that are on the bubble, St. John's, Xavier, and Seton Hall that have a chance to play their way into the NCAA tournament. That's a lot more than usual. Usually, maybe it's one. Mm-hmm. There's three three teams on the bubble, and you have obviously Villanova is a big brand. Creighton is, ca- is certainly capable of going to a Final Four. And let's let's face it, UConn. They're going to wear the black hat, and they're going to wear it well. I mean, that's going to be – they're back in the league. They're brash. Their coach is brash. We know Dan Hurley. We've known him for years, you know, back to his playing days at Seton Hall. He's, a, he's an attitude on wheels, terrific coach. I like him personally. Rubs a lot of people the wrong way, terrific coach. So he comes in with UConn and all their obnoxious fans, which we won't see in the Garden this year. They'll be on social media everywhere, but you'll see them next year. But they come in and you know with their four titles and they're waving their banner in the air, and so it adds a lot of intrigue. So UConn's probably the best team right now, right? On on paper, they're probably playing the playing the best. And if UConn, the deeper UConn advances into this tournament, the more that there's going to be, you're going to see it's a national story. I mean, UConn returning to to crash into the Big East and and cut the nets with Dan Hurley. I mean, that's that's a that's a national level story. So. I do think there's a lot of compelling storylines. It's a terrific tournament. And I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. Like handicapping this thing is extraordinarily difficult, and that makes it a lot of fun. Without a doubt. And I think you're right. All the conferences for the most part play just within the conference. Uh there weren't a lot of out of conference games, some, but not a ton as we would normally see. So I don't know. I, I grant the Big Ten is good. Everyone says it's the best. Maybe it is. It's it's got it might get nine teams in. I don't know. It's going to get a lot in. But they really haven't played outside the conference too much. So who knows? You'll run up against some Big 12, same thing. So because it's been so conference-oriented this year because of COVID and the pauses and everything else, you look at some teams and you just don't know how good they really are. So that's what's going to be brilliant about the NCAA tournament. We'll see who the best is. Uh, we haven't. We have some thoughts yeah, Baylor's terrific. Gonzaga, you know, uh, until last night, basically runs roughshod over everyone. They won, but they they had to fight their way through that game. And you you think, okay, let, let's find out who the king of the hill is. So it's going to be a blast, that's for sure. Now here's here's the reason why this is another reason why this is an important week for the Big East, Matt, is because you know the Big East has right now they have three teams who are locks to be in the NCAA tournament, right? Villanova, Creighton, and UConn, and that's not a lot. So the Big East wants to put at least five teams in every year. That's their goal. If you go back through history, the Big East history, you got to go back to 1993. The last time the Big East put fewer than four teams into the NCAA tournament was 1993, which a year that everyone listening to this will know because Seton Hall won the league that year. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they were dominant and losses losses a number two seed in the second round to Western Kentucky and the Willards. But the Big East needs to get more than three teams in because this is how you're judged as a league, right? So they got to get more than three teams in. And by the way, in 93, the only reason they only had three, they would have had four, but a 20-win Syracuse team was ineligible because of Jim Beheim's one of his 8 million shenanigans over the years. <laughs> so recruiting violation. There's a long, I can't even, the list is so long, we don't have time to go over it all. But, but 
but that's this is this is could be a historically bad turnout for the Big East if they can't get one of these teams push a fourth team over the top here. So, well, no one's ever going to outwardly root in the Big East League offices. There's going to be a lot of fans of whoever wins the Seton Hall St. John's game. Is gonna have, like, they're going to have a lot of fans in the Big East offices. And, you know, Xavier, too, if they can get by their first-round game. So it is, there's a lot of intrigue. It's going to be a great event. And also, Matt, it's just nice to have the Big East tournament back. Like, one year ago, we just were all sitting there slack-jawed yep. as, the, as the thing was called off at the, you know, at the, uh, the, day, it's the day after it started. So, and it was just, it was, it was a sport, you know, a sports, sports wise. It was, it was just as sad as things you'll ever see. And for Seton Hall fans, that they had a historic team is an exceptionally bitter pill to swallow. So it is nice to see the tournament back and running. Without a doubt. And as Kevin Willard said today, he's happy for his team and that they get a chance to play because everything was ripped away from the guys who were on last year's team who are back this year. And Kevin mentioned it in his, when he was, uh, partaking in the news conference in which Ike Obiagu was honored as Scholar Athlete of the Year in the Big East and Mamu Kalashvili Sandro was honored as one of the three players of the year. He, he, you know, he said that team could have gone to the Final Four. Like, he won't give up on that, and he's absolutely right. But now they're back, and we're playing. And for all the naysayers who, when we had fits and starts at the beginning of the year, and we've had it in hockey and we had it in all sports, hey, you just got to work through it, and kudos to everyone who made it happen, yes. work through the difficulties, and now here we are, the Big East tournament is here, conference tournaments around America are either underway or some have concluded, and the big dance is on the horizon. Jerry, I'll leave you with this about this Big East tournament. Creighton, you said they're in. I think their resume says such. Is the McDermott controversy something that will affect them? I doubt it, because now, now he's back. Really, the most important thing that happened during this whole thing, Matt, is that Marcus Zagorowski, who's the program's, you know, he's the face of that program, right? He came out and spoke on Greg McDermott's behalf mm-hmm. and said, hey, you know, we understand he made a mistake. He owned the mistake. You know, we, we forgive him. We want to play for this guy. We love him. We trust him. So, and I, right after that, the suspension was lifted. So to me, I don't see it. Uh, you know, I think he's, he's back. They, I expect him to re- re- return to normal. Uh, now, when they go to the, you know, when they go to the NCAA tournament and they get bombarded by national media with questions about it, will that wear them down a little bit? Maybe. Uh, but as far as the Big East tournament, I think it'll be business as usual for them. So when Sunday comes, who wears the crown in the Big East? So, you know, if, if you're putting money on it, then UConn would be, I think, the fair betting favorite, the way they're playing right now. But to me, I foresee chaos. <laughs> and I... I just have a feeling in my bones that St. John's has, has, has a chance to really upset the apple cart here. If they get by Seton Hall, which they, you know, they just showed they could beat them handily. And then if, if they get Villanova, Villanova will not be able to handle St. John's pressure with a third string point guard. Now you got St. John's in the garden in a championship game. And I, I feel like the stars might be aligning for them. So that's who I'm going to actually pick. And it'd be wild if it happened. They haven't won a tournament in 20 years. It's been a long time, and uh, Coach Anderson's done a great job. And, Jerry, if your bones are saying something, well, then that might mean an awful lot because you have your finger on the pulse of the Big East and college basketball overall. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. Thanks again. No problem, Matt. Glad to do it. And that will wrap things up for this edition of Pirates Talk. Thanks to Jerry Carino for joining me. 
At this point of the season, with so much basketball news to report on, Jerry was gracious enough to carve out some time. You can read his coverage in the Asbury Park Press and online at app.com. And do me a favor, and all of us a favor. Subscribe to the newspaper. You'll get online access to Jerry's outstanding coverage of Seton Hall and college basketball, so support his employer and keep his work flowing. It benefits us all. And thanks to Pat Joe Minahan of Skull in County Cork, Ireland, for his continued support of Pirates Talk. Now, Pat Joe doesn't usually leave a comment, but he does give a thumbs up on Facebook, so thanks to Pat Joe for listening across the sea. Pirates Talk is available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I invite you to rate the show, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. And if you do drop a note or even give a thumbs up like Pat Joe Minahan, I will mention your name on an upcoming show. Special thanks as always to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of the program and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Matt Laughlin. Be safe, be well, and let's go Pirates!